This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And a good morning, not only to my friend across the table there, Charlie Dobbin. Good morning, Franklin. But to our listeners who uh, get up on this, hey, this is going to be an absolutely great day. Good day to get oh, out of bed. Ooh, boy. baby, it's not hot, it's yeah. not humid, yep. the skies are blue. Taste of the Danforth is on. And yeah, that's it's going to be, be super crowded. Oh, yeah, well, you know, I, it's such a nice thing for folks to do, just to, you know. Community. Get, Yes, offer up their condolences and yeah. and have a good time at the same time, which mm-hmm. uh, you know is sometimes maybe a little difficult to, to meld together. But I don't think well, it's coming will. together. Yeah, you know, it, yeah, always it is. coming together is yep. positive. And uh, I'm here, kind of uh, going. Oh, gee, well, I went to the game last night. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, I think Shirley and I bring them bad luck. You know, yeah, whenever you know we what? show up, they blow it. They just seven nothing for God's oh, sake. Oh wow, that's just an embarrassment. <laughs> So, as you know, my brother is a season ticket holder and has been forever from from when the Blue Jays invented themselves. And he does take me to the odd game. Well, honestly, in the 30-odd years that I've been going to the odd game, they have never lost. Well, next time I'm dragging you along, too. So he's invited me to another game. <laughs> I'd like to be in the crowd when that happens, you know. Yeah, so I'm going on uh, the 22nd, Wednesday, yeah. August 22nd, to a game. And I just, I've said to him, you just, you're tired of them losing, right? <laughs> yeah. That's why you've invited me to this game. He's like, no, no, I really want you to come with me. All right. <laughs> anyway, uh, here we are on a Saturday morning looking for phone calls, and uh, mm-hmm. by golly, I've got the numbers. Here we go. Good job. In, in Toronto, give a call to Charlie at this number, 416-360-0740. Anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-744-740. Uh, if you happen to be a first-time caller, please let uh, Sebastian know, and then when you get the air... That's what's going to precede you, our welcoming bell, your your uh, little, uh, what do we call it? Uh, yeah, well, we call that the uh, wings. Uh, uh, the wing, well, the garden welcoming wings. garden that's, wings. That's right. And, you can be oh, just the, like a pollinator. You can flit from oh, flower to flower. What a clever little connection yes, that is. Yes. All right. <laughs> be a you pollinator, all righty. <laughs> Gee, it's a good thing. Everybody wait, wants oh. to be a pollinator. Trust me. <laughs> okay. Don't don't go anywhere weird with that. Yeah, okay. My <laughs> the mantra I forgot in all of that diatribe was and is call early, call off, and one question per call, and away you go. Oh, the look of the lines are lighting up it's like good. Crazy. It's good. Yeah. All right, stuff going on. Yeah. First, first and foremost, I I didn't know about this earlier, so I'm just going to give you a quick uh, update. Today is, in my mind, hug a farmer day. Okay, ah. because uh, farmers across Ontario have come together mm-hmm. with excess produce, vegetables, fruits, herbs. They are donating them through the Daily Bread Food Bank into the Toronto um, low-income housing areas. There's five f- um, 
Farmers markets uh-huh. starting today will run right through to the end of September with free food for the residents. And wow, just, how good is that? Yeah, so thank you. Thank you to the farmers. Congratulations. And, and good for everybody mm-hmm. to get This is it, right? Yeah. Sweet corn. Come on. Have you been out there? Have you been getting some tomatoes? Yes, and yes I have. Kale and all those things we all love. <laughs> Carrots, yeah. beans, peaches. Uh, okay, so that's a good thing to remember. Farmers markets are happening everywhere, but that was mm-hmm. just a cool story. So tomorrow, the Toronto Japanese Garden Club are having their 40th anniversary flower show. It's in Scarborough at the Momiji Senior Center, which is 3555 Kingston Road and Markham Road, southeast corner of Kingston and Markham. It's from noon until 4.30, $5 to get in the door, but there's bonsai demo Bonsai is amazing. Mm-hmm. So demo at two. There's Japanese floral demonstrations of the different schools of design. There's three different schools of design. I don't know anything about it except that it's awfully awesome and uh, all totally open to the public. Literally five dollars to get in the door and check out these demos. Two o'clock and three o'clock uh, tomorrow afternoon. So and obviously there's some amazing exhibits mm. and displays as well. Um, all right. The other thing that's going on is remember your your botanical gardens. Um, the Edwards Summer Music Series at the Toronto Botanical Gardens is only on for two more Thursdays. So this Thursday and the following, 7 o'clock Thursday evening, there's food to eat. There's drinks to drink. There's a botanical bar. The gardens have free guided tours. There's a farmer's market from, from 2 until 7. The shop is open, of course, until 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Bring your own blanket or chair and enjoy joy being outside eating and drinking and music and and the community mm. as well um, and World Botanical Gardens has just got non-stop stuff going on every weekend um, what's going on this particular weekend is where is it oh I can't find it all right uh, so this weekend tours of course in the different Hendry Park Rock Garden etc which are newly um, renovated mm-hmm. they're having a special discover tomatoes edible demonstrations with cooking demonstrations etc discover pond plants the free back to nature hikes and more and oh. i've got some great email too to read later okay we'll get to those meantime uh, uh, heads up Right after we hear a few words from our sponsor, a first-time caller is on the line. Oh, and get I your my arm ready. bell-ringing arm all set to go <laughs> momentarily here in the Garden Show. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All righty. Uh, Frankie's got the little bell in hand here. There it is. Hey, that's Yay. for Isabel in Milton. Good morning, Isabel. Good morning. Welcome to you? the show. Great, Excellent. Thanks. Good. Um, I have a problem. I have a weed in my garden, and it's like an ivy, and it gets a white flower on it, and it winds around all my plants, and I try, pull mm. out one, and I seem to get mm. ten more. So I it's got ha- heart-shaped leaves, and it's called bindweed. Okay. So just as you say, it twirls around, it just chokes everything, and it grows really fast. Yeah. Okay, your challenge is to not just pull it and break it, because every time you break it, you definitely get more shoots from okay. the break point. So if you can, find and go backwards, just 
trail backwards on without pulling it out of the ground, untwirl it from whatever plants it's twirled around, keep going back, keep going back. You might, you know, 10 feet later, get to where it's emerging from the earth. At that point, get out your trowel or your shovel and dig down and get it out root and all. Okay. And that's the only way to deal with it. Best bet, yeah. Before it becomes a huge problem because once you've got... Any bindweed, you can get a ton. Like it's I really, have tons of it. Oh, boy. Well, it's a job. Yeah. yeah. I mean, unless, is it in like a vegetable garden or is it in a perennial uh, garden? Plants, the flowers. Mm. And it chokes, as you say, it chokes them off. Yeah. They're not doing too good, some of them. Right. And I've got mulch down there and it grows through that too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Gross well, wood. yeah, I mean, once it's there, it's there. I mean, the roots, it's a pretty tough little plant. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that if you put newspaper down and you put mulch on top of it, yeah, in the spring. You would do that early in the spring. And the idea is because it's going, to, it's a perennial plant. So the root survives underground all winter. Okay. And the idea is that you would try and stop it from growing in the spring. And that a thick layer of newspaper, a thick layer of mulch will be make it a dark, uh, suffocating situation. Okay. Um, however, you want to be careful that you're not annihilating perennial plants that you know, hostas for example that are also under the ground in the right. spring so you'd have to, you just have to be very very careful know where the plants are that are going to come up and not bury them but you could certainly uh, consider doing something like that black plastic is sort of the the all-purpose solarization blanket you just put it right over top of the entire garden and bake everything under the black plastic black plastic early again early in the spring you'll mow everything down as short as you can and then bring bring that plastic in seal the edges and everything beneath the plastic will will be you'll sterilize the soil below okay. from the heat uh, build up when the sun beats down three okay. three months later you take off the plastic and there should be nothing living under yeah. the plastic oh but, boy. <laughs> but you know Not even your plant yeah right? you've yeah. got things you want to probably save so yeah it's, it's going to be a bit of an ongoing thing but stay on it because you can control it if but it's just not a quick and dirty fix it's mm-hmm. ongoing it's just behind me i have nothing but field right and uh, i think it's coming from underneath off. yeah oh the it field? could be yeah it could be also seeds are probably blowing in yeah it's a member oh. of the morning glory family like they look look they're like little tiny morning glory flowers That's right yeah and i have those so. yes that's a challenge <laughs> that's uh, just the, like the the ornamental ones seed themselves so does the noxious yeah. one well yeah. good luck with that isabel gee whiz okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> charlie's giving you it's a, a lot of work to do oh uh, gosh all righty uh you know you ever look at a, a place on the map and you think or at least a, a name and you think i know that where that is and then i'll say i don't know yeah, where isn't that is that new york onadega uh, isn't that uh where mabel onadega. is calling from onadega i believe but okay. let, let's tell us. check that out hey mabel good morning good morning charlie and frank whereabouts are you calling from and where where are you <laughs> how looking? do you pronounce it southeast of brantford towards oh, hamilton along the grand river okay right. And the pronunciation correctly is? Onondaga. Onondaga. All right. Gotcha. I I should know that. Gosh. You should. I know. You know everything. (laughs) And now if you had the native pronunciation, that wouldn't be correct because they call it Onondaga. Oh, there you go. Okay. Well, we've got it in both fashions. Good for you. Thank you. Hey, Mabel, what's going on? Well, I think I have some aphids in my stephanotis plant. Okay. Uh, I've sprayed it, and I've washed all the leaves because they got sticky, and then, that you, you know, you get mm. that little white fuzz. Now, I have most of it off. It's come a long way, but still where you wind it around all the wire in that, mm. there's places where you can't get at everything, 
And so I'm wondering what I might could do with it. So is this a plant inside your house or outside? It's inside. Okay. Interesting, got aphids inside, but it is possible that, or white fly, or even spider mite. You know what I would do? I'd probably do some pruning. Uh, cut it back. Is it a pretty old plant? You've had it for a long time? Oh, about four years, I guess. So it's twined round and round um, yes, a wreath has. shape or whatever shape that it's on. Um, so two things. Okay, one is you could un twirl it, right? Go in there and proceed to take it off the wire frame, lay those long tendrils out on newspaper on the floor, uh, you know, carefully. Some breakage might occur, but you could just be as careful as possible. Then you would get out your soap or your pyrethrin, whatever spray you're using. You would make sure you're spraying the surface of the soil, the actual wire, you know, you want to really clean this the structure that it's all growing on. And then you would spray the plant thoroughly on all 365 degrees of it or 360 degrees until it's dripping and let that drip and dry then give the whole thing a spritz with clear water wash it all off and then put the plant back up onto the structure or if that all seems like too much work get out your pruners prune the whole thing back taking away some of it that is that is going to just slow you down in terms of getting in there with the spray the way those sprays work is on contact you must contact the insects and absolutely coat their bodies with the spray now, will they go into the earth as well? No, but they will. They could get knocked down by the spray and land on the surface of the soil. So that's why you would do a real thorough spraying of the entire environment in order to try and eliminate. Keeping in mind, though, that eggs don't die in this spraying process. So everything you're doing once, you do again seven to ten days later because eggs uh, will hatch mm-hmm. post-spray. Okay. But it is possible to get rid of them. You know, aphids are definitely killable. The other thing is, get yourself some ladybugs, bring them in the house, and they'll eat the, <laughs> eat the <laughs> aphids for you. But not everybody wants ladybugs in the house. <laughs> right. It's hard to find ladybugs. Well, you can buy the eggs. Um, you can buy them at, at uh, garden centers or at naturalinsectcontrolnic.com, which is at, in St. Catharines. They'll mail you some ladybug eggs, and you can hatch those up and uh, and get yourself a little biocontrol happening inside and let the ladybugs do the work for hey, you. That's that sounds kind of cool. That's a possibility, yeah. too. But not everybody likes the idea of having ladybugs flying around. No, no. <laughs> when we have them, we try to get rid of them. True. But the thing is, when they run out of food, they will die. I mean, that's the one thing, is that ladybugs won't last if there's nothing for them to eat. So that's a consideration, too. Take away their lunch and they're gone. They're gone. Yeah. They'll fly okay. out the window or they'll you know keel over and die from lack of food. Hey, thanks for joining us. Thank Mabel. you very much. All right. You're welcome. Have a delightful weekend and keep it tuned right here to Zoomer Radio. And we'll be back, as a matter of fact, in moments to say hi to Doug in Lindsay here on The Garden Show. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All right, Charlie, let's uh, see what's going on in Lindsay. There's Doug on the line. Good morning, Doug. Good morning. Good morning. I have a, a unique problem, I believe. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at a beautiful tomato, except that there's a hole about an inch in diameter. I'm wondering what's eating them. Uh, okay, where's the hole? The bottom of the tomato, the side? No, it's uh, near the top. Near the top. Oh, okay, so chewing down from the top. So probably two things chew tomatoes from the top. One is slugs, slugs and snails. Mm-hmm. The other would be probably earwigs. Okay. 
And they'll just chow, chow, chow. So when you look, can you look in that hole and see anything? No. Nothing there now? No. Um, yeah, there's there are some hungry critters out there. I w- is it red or green? Oh, it's red. Get that off the branch and get it in the house and eat it for lunch. <laughs> I have it. I will be. <laughs> Don't let the uh, bugs some, eat them. Uh, everyone that's ripened up has been like that. Is that right? Eh? Oh, well, yeah. um, okay. I mean, hmm. There are, I was just trying to think, there are some ways, there are, you can make little collars with stiff, you can use cardboard or sort of a flexible plastic. You can make like a little collar around the stem of each of your tomatoes down at ground level. It's like a little cone mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and you just cut it like a, a semicircle with, that's, because it's a circle that's got a slice in it, and then you wrap that around. And basically, what you're going to do is you're going to you make, make a fence on top of the. Well, you make it so that the insects can't crawl up. The, ah, right. Like they'll go up the stem, right? So you're going to put this little barricade at the base that they can't crawl up. Best case scenario, of course, you would make that put some tape on that, you know, double sided tape, so they get right, stuck right. on the tape. It's it's insects crawling up and then getting up onto the the tomatoes that are doing that chewing from the top like that. And uh, yeah, as, as soon as it's a little bit edible, I'd be getting it off the vine and get it in the house. Don't let the bugs get those tomatoes; they're yours. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Enjoy that sandwich. Okay. <laughs> yep. Hey, hey you I'm know just, what? But do you want to mm, hear something funny? Yeah. This is an email from Rosemary Dobson. She often sends me updates on things to announce. But here's a good um, little story, okay. which Doug yeah. made me think of. Uh, Rosemary lives in Agent Court. So she says, Agent Court Archie, the young groundhog, has set up his abode with tunnels beside my house and under my Rosa Cordesi Dortmund, which is a beautiful rose. He's also teething on my dahlia stems just above ground level. My neighbor has set up a trap as this Archie is taking one bite out of each tomato, <laughs> but he's outsmarting us, although he has, and he has outstayed his welcome. So, so one bite out of each tomato. How frustrating is that? Well, but that yeah. would be from the bottom, right? Uh, right little yes, groundhog's yeah. going to chew from the bottom, not going to get up on top. Yeah, I'm thinking of those little bugs that climb up, you know. <laughs> yeah, I get you a picture of little grappling hooks, you know. Exactly, to... <laughs> exactly. So you want to make it hard for that to yeah. happen. So a little collar at the bottom. Yeah, it'll work. Okay. Hey, in Richmond Hill, there is Rita. Good morning, Rita. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Frank, and good morning, Charlie. It's just me again. I think I asked you this question before. What? I'm going away, and you know, Frank, you're always left chores to do when we go away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would like to know, Charlie, is it too late to trim my tr- cedars? Like a cedar? Uh, the top and the sides, because with the weather, they've gone crazy. Okay. Yeah, it's not too late. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't... Yeah, it's a kind of a funny thing. The best time to trim your cedar hedge was back in June, yeah. prior to it getting super hot, and also when it was still actively growing. Since we've had all that heat, uh, things slowed down. Of course, the rain sped things up. So, you know, the mm. plants are really responding to the, the current environment. If you did some massive hard pruning on a hedge right now, it would actually be quite shocking on the plant. So I would avoid doing that now. However, by about second or third week of September, you could go and do some trimming. Oh, 
right? Because, oh, I still do it this year then. Oh, right, good, good. But, but wait until we've gotten into some cooler weather, some yeah. shorter days. The plants have truly started to slow down. Yeah. And whatever pruning you do at that time will not cause new growth to suddenly sprout out. Okay. If you trim now, you're going to force out a bunch of new growth. And we don't want that because winter is truly coming. Even we could leave it, even I could leave it to the end of October. That's cool. You could, exactly. You could yeah. go right through to the end of October. Absolutely. Oh, and then trim. Now, it's going to look a little ugly because you're going to have blunt cut ends, perhaps, and nothing will cover those until next spring when the new growth comes out. Okay. It's so just do trimming. You know, yeah, do your trimming. trimming. I'm not cutting it right off. It's just yeah. trimming it. Make it look pretty. And nice and clean. Clean cuts yeah. on a dry day. Thank you so, so much. Okay. Thank you're you. Welcome. Have a lovely weekend. Thank you. <laughs> Thank so you for calling. All righty. Yeah, we've got I a great weekend it. coming along here. And uh, hopefully everybody just has a great time. Get get some water. Uh, uh, keep water with you to True. hydrate. True. Because this, this uh, heat wave we've been through is something else, isn't it? It is. Wow. And it's, you know, it's some, I've been telling myself that exact same thing. Like, whether I'm thirsty or not, yeah, just yeah. drink water. Yeah. We're supposed to drink like two liters of water a day. I don't do and enough. who does? Oh, I do a little few little sips. Yeah. I wonder if the water can in my coffee. Like, I'm always I don't saying, think it does. My, the, Unfortunately, the water yeah. with my vodka, does that count? Like, <laughs> <laughs> the ice in my yeah. vodka, does that count? Yeah, I'm always like, yeah, where does my water come from? <laughs> oh, dear. I have some great email. Let me read you yeah, one. Okay. Let me read you one just before we get to another caller. I yeah, see yeah. we have callers, but this is from Catherine Clark. She just wants to give us an update and thank you for some advice that uh, I gave her last year regarding her giant hydrangea plant that every year grows up, yep. gets the big white flowers, and then droops over and drags onto the ground and, and it ends up even breaking because of the height. So, because the plants are just too heavy, too, the yeah. flowers are huge. And we're seeing that. I got an email too about a PG hydrangea. So, the hydrangeas have, are so happy, they produce these huge blooms, but then the branches can't hold them up. So what happened last year after uh, Catherine called is I suggested that that this is a very common fact that the Annabelle hydrangeas do this droopy thing. So in the spring, I said, when the cut it down in the spring, take out all that dead wood and stuff. Then when they start to grow up, when they're about 12 inches tall, cut them down again. So there'd be like an April cutting and then maybe a May cutting as well, Mm -hmm. which she did. She cut them all back to the ground when they're about 12 inches tall. Within a week or two, the stalks were growing again. And sure enough, this year's hydrangea not, is not only shorter, but the bloom heads did not get so huge. So she's got more blooms, smaller blooms. Uh, and she also, because she was a little worried, went out and bought tomato cages and put tomato cages around her hydrangeas just, again, to hold them up. Um, but it's turned out that she hasn't really needed the, the tomato cages. Mm-hmm. The hydrangeas are holding themselves up quite well. So something just to think about. We, we get the heavy rainstorms yeah. and these heavy flowering plants drop to the ground and they never bounce back. So be proactive, you know, recognize that if we trim down in early June, late May, things like sedum, the tall sedum, the Annabelle hydrangeas, Mm -hmm. the late blooming plants, the mums, the asters, give them that trim in early June, late May, and they will be shorter, bushier, more compact, and less likely to flop. Okie dokie. Some good tips. A bit late right now, but put that on yeah. your calendar for next year. All righty. <laughs> uh, Jack in Welland. Hey, good morning. Welcome to the show. Uh, hello. Good morning. Um, I'd like to have uh, some information on a begonia. Uh-huh. And it's um, tuberous. Yeah. Tuberous begonia. Can I bring that in the house for the winter? 
Uh, you can, but I wouldn't try and keep it growing. It, you would you would bring it in dormant, and you would store it in your refrigerator for the winter or a like a root cellar, the dormant. Um, uh, tuber. It's actually like tuberous begonias grow from a tuber. Mm-hmm. Did you buy it as a tuber and then grow it up? Yes. Okay. So you know what it looks like. It's like a cup-shaped brown uh, thing, <laughs> tissue, mm-hmm. organ. And so is it outside now, I assume? It is outside in the ground, yes. Yeah. So, and they're beautiful. They're, you definitely want to save it. Don't don't let it... It'll, it'll die if you leave it outside all winter. Yeah. But let it get a light frost. When it gets that, that frost, which might be in September, October, November, mm-hmm. it will... All the above ground will just turn to mush. All the leaves and the stems will just drop. So keep an eye for when that happens. When it does drop like that, now that frost has forced the plant to go in to go to sleep basically Uh, so it's at that point you don't even need to dig it up if it's in the ground you said so you do have to dig it up you dig it up uh put it on a piece of newspaper put it in the garage or out on a porch somewhere where it's dry let it dry outside in the air no rain or anything for about a week so the soil will get all dry and then gently just clean the tuber off with your fingers so that it's not perfectly clean but it's it's got most of the mm-hmm. big chunks of soil removed cut away any foliage that's still attached and the tuber will be quite a bit bigger than it was when you planted it so you got some beautiful growth it's going to be that much bigger next year be more beautiful and then it's just a matter of stashing it away in um, a brown paper bag, preferably brown paper bag, uh-huh. peat moss, clean peat moss, tuber goes in there, the whole thing goes in the fridge or goes into a root cellar mm-hmm. and uh, and just put it away for the winter. Bring it out in March, plant it up in a pot, and it'll start growing. Okay. And you're good for next year. All right. Thank you very much. Okay, You're Jack, very welcome. You are welcome indeed. And thanks for giving us a call here on The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. By the way, a number of emails that Charlie was referring to earlier makes me think, I'd better repeat that email address for you. Yeah, we always case. love email. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know we're adding to your work list here, but here we go. For Charlie well, Dobbin's email, great. it's C. Dobbin, and that's C. Dobbin, D O B B I N, at mzmedia.com. We're going to head out to a, a place now that, well, I was very familiar with mm-hmm. a number of years ago. I used to live just above this little town called Goodwood, a Hamlet, I guess you'd call it now. Mm-hmm. Wags Road, I think, the, is where we, uh, where it's now called. That Wags Road. Road would be a good road for you to live on. Yeah. You're such a wag. Such a wag. <laughs> there, there's Bruce on the line from Goodwood. Good morning, Bruce. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning. I think I called you about this a couple of years ago, but I haven't had the problem with grubs in the lawn. Uh, my backyard looks like a minefield. Thanks to the skunks. Oh, boy. Uh, skunks. Raccoons. Hey, your timing is perfect, because guess what? Same thing at my house, but starlings. The starlings are digging up, leaving these big holes in my lawn, which tells you right away there's something edible. When there's animals digging down. I know they're there. I can see them. My my question is the timing and nematodes versus, somebody told me, uh, Demetrius oil. 
No, diatomaceous earth. No, yeah. uh, uh, nematodes are by far the preferred. But you much you more bring effective. up an interesting point you mentioned off air, actually, uh, yeah. about it being so darned hot mm-hmm. right now. They they say, no, no yeah. not yet Okay, so nematodes. That's right. So it's been too hot to apply. Because when you buy the nematodes, you'll buy them at a quality garden center or trustworthy you know, home store. They will be in a refrigerator. They will be dated. Uh, they are li- live, dormant eggs of nematodes. And a nematode is a, another word is a wire worm. So when an, when an egg hatches, a nematode egg hatches, it looks like a hair. It's just very, very fine, wiggly little mm. worm. So what, what you do is you buy these eggs, you follow all the instructions, and you apply the eggs in water to your lawn area where you suspect grubs. And you make sure that the soil is moist before you apply in water because it's all about water. The water carries the eggs down to where the grubs are and the eggs hatch. The little nematodes proceed to start chewing on the grubs and kill them. Very effective, but you must ensure there's lots of moisture available and temperatures have to be optimal. I did, I said to Frank, because I see what's happening in my lawn, I know I've got grubs in a certain area. I was in Sheridan's and I said, hey, I'm here for some grubs. And they said, we don't have any yet. I was like, what? And they go, it's been too hot. And I went, you're right, but we had all that rain. So I was just ready to, poised with my nice moist lawn to get out there and she said we'll have them for this weekend now okay so she said leave your name we can call you i was like okay fine let's do that so they should be available now but but again very specific to temperature and moisture is very important for to work instructions uh, yeah do the letter i guess yeah okay well that was my question though somebody told me there's maybe they're not as effective room temperature nematodes they don't have to be refrigerated because the, the ones that have to be refrigerated are so sensitive, like you said, when they're being applied. And uh, no, I, well, I've got about a half an acre of back mm, lawn, so I don't. Yeah, and it's water expensive. It. <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, that's gonna. Well, you have to wait. Like you have to wait till we have a. We, there is some rain in the forecast for Wednesday. I know coming up, not a lot. So you could just be poised, waiting for a fairly good rainfall. Now you've got the moisture in the soil. All I ever do with these eggs is is you know take out the little sponge that's inside the package and into a watering can. You squeeze out all these microscopic eggs into the watering can. Then you walk around sprinkling from the water can in the areas where you suspect there's grubs. Uh-huh. Now. They, in a perfect world, will have more moisture. They'll they'll grow more nematodes. It's, you know, it's not just a one shot deal. They may not survive the winter, but you should have a very good kill rate if you can get them out where the grubs are happening. Um, now you're right about the refrigeration thing. I know I did read something about how n- nematodes were now available that were not refrigerated. So either way, I you know it just makes sure that it's a quality supplier that and if they should be refrigerated, they are, and if they don't have to be, that's fine too. But don't buy them and then go to the bar for an hour or two and leave them in your hot car because that's the <laughs> that opposite of what they need, right? So do all you know follow all the instructions in terms of keeping them at room temperature or refrigerated depending on how they've been packaged. Okay, but Bruce. The, yeah, one. But they've stung, they've stopped ripping the lawn up. So, and people said they'll stop in two weeks. 
So no. are the grubs still there? Yes. And they, the grubs are the larvae, right? The yes. Nematogi. And the yes, and the larvae, or and which are also called grubs, are going to keep chewing right through August, right through September. As the weather gets colder, they're going to go down below the frost line. Come up next spring as bigger grubs. So yep, they're yeah. just going to keep on chewing. Bruce, I'm sorry, we have to kind of move yeah, along here. Fine, We're just please. bumping up against our next little break here. We have to take okay, but we will be Thanks, uh, back, Bruce. of course. Charlie, uh, we'll report. Back. Hey, report back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let us know uh, how that goes. Brampton's next on the list we're going to be heading to in just moments here on The Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, Tony and Brampton might have a problem to talk about here. Let's find out. Good morning, Tony. Yeah, good morning, Frank, and uh, good morning, Charlie. Good morning. Uh, what I'm calling about is on a tree on my front lawn, I've got an infestation of a, 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 a black and orange beetle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went on Dr. Google, Google and uh, I, I, the, the, the picture of it, uh, they say it's a box elder beetle. Oh, yeah, yeah. What do I do about those, and what are they, and what damage can they do? <laughs> They will not hurt anything. They oh. are congregating because they know the days are getting shorter. So they come together uh, to copulate and do all those important things that box elders do in the fall. It's very similar to lady bug beetles. Um, in the fall, they are looking for overwintering locations. And so the reason they're on the tree is because there's little cracks and crevices and crannies in the bark. So they're looking to hide in there ultimately to overwinter or lay eggs in there to overwinter. The only thing you can do if you're concerned is ensure that your home is well sealed. So there, and there's no cracks and crannies in the uh, siding or the windows or any access into your home. Because what they'll do is they will snuggle in there for the winter. And then in the spring, when it warms up, the eggs will hatch Mm -hmm. and all these box elder bugs Emerge, and before you know it, your walls are climbing with these lovely little not won't hurt you, but they freak people out because they're in such large <laughs> quantities. Uh, insects either inside or outside the home, so just make sure they don't get inside and don't worry about them outside, they're not doing any harm outside. Hey, they won't harm the tree at all, no, not at all. Okay, hey, okay. there's good news for Tony, yeah, <laughs> and they're all good right. food for the it. birds, birds love them. Yeah, good stuff, Tony. Thanks for joining us, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks for your call. Okay. Uh, Eva in Seaforth, uh, next on the list here. Good morning, Eva. And good morning to you, too. Morning. I was wondering, I was experimenting, because I never did that before, but I put a few of the garlics in the ground last fall, yep. and uh, two of them came up. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> out of the six or eight. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I just wanted to know when do I harvest, and am I putting it down in October, November, or earlier, or what? Uh, okay, so you should be harvesting now if you haven't already. The, Not the, yet. <laughs> yeah, you'll know it's time to harvest garlic when about two-thirds of the green stems, the green leaves above ground, have turned yellow. Oh, okay. And I would think that you are at that point or past. At the- I have a little bulb on the top of the oh, right. stem. Okay, so the little bulb on the top was a flower mm-hmm. that became um, 
a little bulb, actually a bunch of little bulbs. So you may find that you don't have much to harvest because what happened is, what we do is we typically, when those little flowers form, which was six weeks ago, we cut those off. They're called scapes, flower scapes. Mm -hmm. So we cut those off. That way the plant does not put energy into creating the flower and all the little tiny bulb bills up in the sky, up in the, on the stem. Mm Uh, instead, the energy will go in uh, below ground into the bulb below ground. So, so basically, when it comes up after grows so much, I just cut it off? Yeah, exactly. And I think you'll find that if you go in there with a fork or a trowel and you dig up, you mm-hmm. have very small bulbs below ground mm-hmm. because so much energy went into the creation of the flowers above ground. Okay, so, and then do I plant my next harvest? Your next ones you will plant, uh, it's kind of a weather thing. I'd, you want to make sure the soil is well dug, so it's loose, what we would call a friable earth, well-drained. Um, and you will um, plant any time you want from the end of September right through to November. Oh, okay. Just, yeah, it's just a matter of going out there and poking. You take a whole big clove, uh, a bulb, I should say, of uh, garlic, mm-hmm. and you break the cloves apart. Try okay. and keep the little paper cover on, and mm-hmm. each of those little little cloves go into the ground. You want a nice soft earth, because you just want to poke it in with your fingers. You don't want to put it too deep, do you? Well, pointy end up, uh, two inches roughly down, five centimeters. Okay. That's about the depth you go, depending on the size of the... You, you go double the height of the clove down into the ground and walk away. And the great thing is squirrels rarely dig them up, or if they do, they regret it, and then they leave <laughs> the rest alone, because so, they don't like the smell of, of yeah. garlic. Oh, good. <laughs> Thank you, Eva. Thank you very much. All right. Have yourself calling. a great day and a great weekend. Uh, must take another little break here. And we'll be back to uh, travel to, uh, we'll lope along to London <laughs> next on The Garden Show. What is it they say about patience? It grows the best garden, and so does Stokes Seeds. Visit stokeseeds.com to read the full article on the hows and whens. September is the time to try direct seeding hardy perennials outdoors, giving your fall-sown perennials a chance to sprout in the coolness of spring before you've even started to think about direct sowing other perennials. Get sowing at stokeseeds.com. Stokes, cultivating successful growers for generations. You know when you're so proud of something you can't wait to tell everyone? Meet Ford employee Christina. One of the perks I get for working at Ford is the employee pricing. The price I pay is the same price you pay. Right now, you can get over $5,000 in employee price adjustments on a top-of-the-line 2018 Ford Escape. Plus, until August 31st, eligible Costco members get an additional $1,000. Ford employee pricing is the time to buy. So get your Ford employee pricing today. Conditions apply. Visit your local Ford store or Ford.ca. Deciding to move yourself or a relative into a nursing home is difficult enough. If you are concerned about the care you've seen, call the Nursing Home Action Coalition. We may be able to help. The Nursing Home Action Coalition is a group of three experienced law firms who've teamed up to fight nursing home abuse across Canada. If you've witnessed poor nutrition, bed sores, medication errors, falls, and overall poor care, call us at 1-877-506-NHAC free of charge. Or visit us at nursinghomeabuse.ca. Our seniors deserve so much better. 
The clock keeps ticking toward the end of summer fun and summer adventures. And Swimco wants to help you squeeze every last drop of awesome out of summer. For a limited time, take an additional 15% off our sale prices. We have suits for lounging on the beach, riding around on the boat, or all of the summer sports you love. Take an additional 15% off Swimco's already awesome sale prices. But hurry, like summer's here in Canada, this sale won't last long. Feel good, half naked, for every last minute of summer. Save now at Square One, Lime Ridge Mall, or online at swimco.com. Research suggests that women are too conservative with their savings and investments. Janice Honeyman, Portfolio Manager at Mackey Research Capital. I'll let you in on a secret. Every person is unique. Some women take risks while others are conservative. Another secret, men don't like to lose money any more than women do. I believe in providing customized investment planning for every client. Go to JaniceHoneyman.com to find out what my clients are saying about me. To meet with Janice, call 416-860-7781. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, as we eye the finish line, uh, minutes are growing shorter, so let's quickly get along to a little note you wanted Uh, to address. Great little email. email. Rosemary Bowman, uh, subject in the email, squirrels, the little darlings. So she's (laughs) responding to a Sharon, sorry, Steve, last week called from Mississauga. Squirrels were chowing down on his strawberries and raspberries. Rosemarie says, love the show. For the man who is having trouble with the squirrels, I have found that fox urine mixed with bone meal is the best deterrent for these pests. I've been using it for 10 years and it's worked quite well. The only thing is you have to repeat it after a rain. Hope that helps. So fox urine mixed with bone meal scattered around. Try, trying to get those guys to pee into a little bottle. All right, I knew you were going to say that. No, you go to like a hunting <laughs> oh. and fishing store, like whatever. And they've got this They've stuff. got it. Okay. You know, Bass Pro, I'm sure they sell <laughs> right. fox urine. Okay. Okay. All righty. Uh, Joey in London. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, good, morning. <laughs> good morning. I I I like that one. Good. I was, uh, trying to get <laughs> trying to imagine the poor little foxes. I know. Yeah, a typical Londoner. <laughs> there you <laughs> are. <laughs> anyway, um, to talking about uh, anyway. Good morning to you, both of you. I love your program. Thank you. Um, uh, transplanting maples and rose of Sharon's. When's mm-hmm. the best time? Uh, these are plants that are young, just recently planted? No, they're quite about three or four years old. Uh, okay, so best time for both of them would be either later in the fall, so uh, September, October, uh-huh. or early in the spring. Though you'll find you'll have pretty good success digging in the fall. Just be, since they've been in the ground for as long as they have. Yes. Prepare the the hole they're going into in advance. Uh-huh. Make sure you've got some good quality, you know, triple mix, well-drained, fertile, organic matter, that kind of amendment yeah. probably to your existing soil. Uh-huh. When you dig, dig the largest root ball you possibly can and try and ensure that the soil stays attached to the roots. Yeah, so okay. they're, make sure they're moist before you do any digging. Uh-huh. And as big a root ball as you can, keeping the ball completely together, get it into the ground, planting at the same level they're growing. Now, sure. water thoroughly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, trimming an apple. Trimming apple trees. M- February, March. February. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, for, sorry, this, we. This is for Frank. Yeah. Uh, Frank, the bridge on Blackfriars is coming on very well. The bridge oh, on Blackfriars. 
Boris? Yeah. Uh, Frank. Yes. Yeah, London. Yes, London, Black Ontario, Street, yeah. The bridge on Blackfriars Street. Blackfriars Street. Oh, Do you know anything about it? No. No, no they're replacing it. Oh, for gosh sake. Oh, okay. So I'm going to have to do a bit I mean, of research on that. Yeah, they're, um, they should be, um, they sh- the bridge should be back by uh, November. Okay, Joe. I'm sorry, I haven't, haven't too much time to, to deal with it. Yeah, I, well, London is my hometown, <laughs> and I haven't been there for uh, quite a quite a number of years now. All anyway, right. thank Good you, update. Joe, for that. Thanks, I'll Joe. get to that. Uh, meantime, we can squeeze one final caller in here. Uh, Wer- our old friend Werner from Tilsonburg. Our old friend. He's not <laughs> old. Good morning. Hello, Frank. Yeah, Good morning, Frank. Warner. And I think you're responding to, was it Sharon last week? Yes, she had some problem with moles. Yeah, there was somebody on, and I tried to get you, but I couldn't get in because I was too busy. Okay. But uh, I hear they, they used mud balls and everything else. Yeah. Pour Javix into the holes. Just straight Javix? Straight Javix. Wow. They come out looking like albinos, or they die and they make good fertilizer. There you go. Well, there you are. Have you ever tried the juicy fruit thing? Beg your pardon? Have you ever tried the juicy fruit gum? No. Because I've read that that does work. It's you, you buy. It's got to be juicy fruit gum in the yeah. stick. Okay. And you put ha- you break the half stick. You put it in your mouth. You just chew it a few times, and you drop that into the holes. Uh-huh. It's super sweet smelling, right? And the yeah. moles are very attracted to it, and then they eat it, and they can't digest it. Oh. Uh-huh. And they it ends up killing them. Uh-huh. So yeah. So straight Javex. That's yeah, your suggestion. I had, I had some in my window, uh, basement window cell. Oh yeah. And uh, that's about two feet down. Yeah. So when I noticed it, I put Javix in. Bang, they were gone. Were they no actually nesting in the window well? No, no. They were stuck. The window well has rocks, you know, it's about two feet down. Yes, yes. And they, they duck up against the house. Oh. And I heard the lady last week, she had the backyard full. Yes, yes. She was but Sharon, Javik. she's your neighbor. She said she doesn't know you, but she lives in Tilsonburg. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Javix is the, is the answer. Okay. Well, hopefully she's listening. Sharon, I hope you're listening. This the, is straight uh, from Warner, your neighbor. The fumes from the chlorine, eh? Yeah. That's yeah. what gets them. That'll do it. That'll annihilate. It's a horrible smell. And they're just little yeah. tiny creatures. Yeah. They can't deal with such a high concentration. Yeah. Good idea. Thanks, Warner. Once again. Good tips again. Warner to the rescue. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> we're going to have to bring Warner in yeah. to be my backup. Well, yeah, we got to you know, offer the invitation. Come on in sometime and do and the show bring with some us. tomatoes. And, oh, yeah. yeah. Don't forget the tomatoes. tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> he has huge tomatoes out there on the farm. <laughs> well, yeah, because he feeds them like skim milk powder and Epsom salts. He's like totally <laughs> babies his plants. Yeah. He's a good gardener. Exactly. Gotta love the sound of Warner. I think we are going to have to get him in here. Yeah. Okay. Right. We'll send the limo out for him maybe one of these Saturdays. Oh, okay. the, the AM740 limo. So Charlie, what's going on? Boom. Well, I simply quickly want to say hi to some folks we sat uh, beside last night at the baseball game. They were absolutely charming people. I didn't get her name. She was sitting beside oh, Shirley. How can you do a shout out? However, me. they were absolutely lovely folks to have a chat with. That's and good. we needed some happiness because the Jays blew it 7 oh, nothing. Oh, God. And I hear you had some good political discussions with a, a, an American oh, neighbor yes, next door as well. Us. You Fun. got it. Never a dull moment at a Blue Jays game. Go Raptors. <laughs> is all I got to say. <laughs> Thanks, Frank. Thank you, Sebastian. Thanks to all our great callers. See you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. 
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.